Hello. I'm so sorry. What? I thought I was going to burp. Oh. <laughs> that would be a delightful start to a podcast, wouldn't it? I couldn't say anything because I was like, if I say anything, I think the burp will creep out. Or oh. is it a hiccup? No, it was burp. I was right. We was about to find out. <laughs> Did a little silent one. Jen has just burped on the podcast. I'm so sorry. Disgusting. It's real life. I would love it if this was someone's first episode. Because that's getting <laughs> turned off rapid. Like 10 seconds in, one of the hosts says, sorry, I'm not speaking, I think I'm going to burp. Then five seconds later goes, I just did a quiet burp. <laughs> you're either in or you're out on that, I think. You're either like, this is great, I can get on board with this. Or you're like, I'm finding another episode. <laughs> if you're in, <laughs> welcome to our world. If you're not, good See riddance. <laughs> Didn't want you anyway. Don't care that you've gone. Not bothered. If you, if you can't handle us at burping, you don't deserve us at... Not burping. Not burping, whatever the rest of that was. it is, it's peppermint tea. Do you mean burp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I love it. Guess all my windy pops out. Well, I can't believe I just said windy pops. I always forget I'm doing a podcast episode with an eight-year-old. <laughs> why did I just say windy pops? I don't think I've ever said windy pops in my entire life. No, I don't think I've ever heard you say I've that. I've never said that. No. Anyway. <sighs> Phil's on the peppermint tea by Magandol now, aren't you? Oh, I feel like I have been for a while now, though. Yeah, I know, but I'm buzzing about it. Yeah, it, uh, it doesn't it doesn't bring up my windy pops though. It just, <laughs> I just like the taste of it. Do you know what I couldn't get on board with? Like the mintiness of it. Oh, it's so refreshing. I know it is now. It's great because I've not to brush my teeth in about six months. <laughs> it's like it's like you just constantly. It's like cotton. I am joking. Mm. It's like constantly having mouthwash. It's brilliant. One thing it's I can't not. get on board with and never will though is mint choc chip oh, ice cream. Oh, that's my favourite. Well, no, there's too many favourites. He's like ice cream, don't you? I love ice cream. It's up there, though. Did you see Ben on his story last night asked the question to put uh, the desserts in order? And it was like... Shall be off to ratings and desserts. It was like proper, like, pub lunch desserts as well. It was like... I mean, I know which one you'd have put first because there was sticky toffee pudding on there. So sticky toffee pudding, three scoops of ice cream. That's how I knew it was like pub lunch. That's up there for me. Yeah, no, second. You like sticky toffee pudding more? No, I don't. All right, okay. No, always ice cream. Why did we have sticky toffee pudding in our wedding then? Because ice cream wasn't an option. Are you sure? Yeah. I think it was. It wasn't. Alright, okay, that explains it. I thought you liked sticky toffee pudding more than ice cream. Oh no, always ice cream. Oh, strange. If I can get away without ordering the kids' dessert and mm. I can order ice cream, like if three scoops of ice cream is on the adult menu, I'm in. I don't get it, mate. Oh, I love it. It's alright. Anyway, so the sticky toffee pudding, three scoops of ice cream, chocolate fondant. Not for me. I know. Um, what were the other two? Apple crumble. No. Not for me. And what was uh, cheesecake? Also not for me. So apple cheesecake. I first. am actually weirdly as much as I love like sweet stuff, I don't love loads of desserts. Some desserts are just a bit overpowering though. Yeah, I think that's why I would always go for the ice cream. Also, a lot of desserts for like fruit and stuff in them, and you're not a big fan. No. So that doesn't work for you either. I don't like apple crumble. I don't get the hype. Uh, I don't like apples. So. I put apple crumble last. Yeah, Ben wasn't very happy. Benny, by the way, is one of our coaches. Just mm. for context, <laughs> we keep talking about it, the random Ben. Benny, if you're listening, say hello. I don't think Ben listens to us. Well, we'll does find it? out soon, won't we? Oh, I'd love it if Ben listened to us. We'll find out very soon. Oh. Anyway, this week, um, the episode is not about mint chocolate chip ice cream or sticky toffee pudding or peppermint tea. Although I could talk about that for a full episode, to be fair. That'll be next week's episode. (laughs) And everybody wants to tune in next week about peppermint tea. It's like an episode of the Bake Off. Is it? Why? Dessert week. Oh, dessert week, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Peppermint tea week. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, Rating your peppermint teas. Anyway, we've had a question this week, haven't we? Yes. So, um, one, I won't say names because 
Sure we'll keep it private that. and confidential because we're professionals like that. <laughs> um, but, we burp, but we're professionals. <laughs> um, I had a message this week from one of our regular listeners. Um, and oh, made it sound like the radio there. I know, regular mm. listeners. Um, and she said, the thing that she struggles with most is not actually losing weight each week. Since about November, I've been between 12 and 12 and a half stone. And it seems no matter how well my week has gone, I can't get lower. I weigh weekly and it's a bit deflating when I'm seeing the same numbers. So we thought, let's just do a whole episode about this because if some one person's struggling with it, other people will be too. Absolutely. So first thing, there's a few things we want to cover here, but the very first thing to that we wanted to chat about is to try to disconnect things going well with weight loss because, and I know it's going to sound really blunt, but things going well, all that actually means is that things went well. That's it. It doesn't actually mean anything else. And just to put that into context... You can have like a really, really challenging week where nothing really goes to plan and nothing really goes well and you just you get to Sunday and you're like, flipping heck, this week has just been madness. Nothing has gone to plan. I've been all over the place. You jump on the scales, you're like, I'm two pounds down. Mm-hmm. And that's because there's no correlation. I remember the word correlation. I feel really yeah, clever. About I was forgetting morning. about that this morning, wasn't I? Yeah. Um, there's no correlation between things going well and weight loss. All things going well actually means, and I know this is really blunt, but I think it's really important we speak about this first, is that... All that means is that things just went well. And that's not a bad thing. We, we we want things to go well. Like we want to be able to get to the end of the week and go, oh, things went really well this week. That's great. But that's a different thing to weight loss because as we said, you can have things not go well and still lose weight. However, there are three things that we can do and we've put this in a three-step um, strategy because it's important that you go in this order. Don't jump past step one into step two. Don't jump past the first two steps to step three because it's really, really important you do it in this order so that you can then discover where the big challenge is because that's then going to help you find the solution. Yes. So step one is a bit of like um, puzzle solving. Mm. It's looking at the bigger picture because I think so often when we do like, we've, we've seen people doing weekly weigh-ins, it's just what happens that week and then there's a reaction to what happens that week. So it's looking at the bigger picture and seeing are there any patterns in what's happening. So are you actually consistently sticking to the method of weight loss? So are you kind of um, doing it all week, every week? Or are there weeks where you lose and there are weeks where you gain? Is there like a pattern between when that happens? So do you have like three weeks where you're losing and then a week where you gain that brings you back to where you were? It's kind of seeing where the patterns are because once we understand those patterns, we can really understand what it is that maybe needs to be tweaked. So for example, and we see this one quite a lot, is losing weight throughout the week and then gaining at the weekend. But then it's that reaction to that that goes, oh, well, I've gained. And then you change your behaviours, either you really restrict again or you might think, sod it, I give up. And then it's the impact that then that has. Or are you losing weight for three weeks and gaining weight at the last week of the month? Maybe it's in line with your period. Maybe there's something else going on that you can stick to it for three weeks and then you give up for a week because you're just like, oh, it's too much. And then you, you, you're back into it after three weeks. So it's looking for the patterns of are the weeks or days where things feel easier or we can we can stick to things and, and then there's days or weeks where we don't. Because seeing that full big picture is really important. We're going to talk a little bit more about how else we can look at the bigger picture as well in a minute. But 
that is the first thing. It's understanding or being really honest with yourself about whether you're sticking to it. Absolutely. And for some of you, you might not now need step two and three. You might listen to that and go, oh my God, you're absolutely right. I literally, I'm just going into this too hard. I'm sticking to it for three weeks and then I just can't do it for the last week of the month because it's just too much. I can't stick to it. So I do need to just tweak things a little bit. That might actually give you your challenge and your solution. That might be it. You might not need step two and three. For those who do, step two is to actually consider what has changed since you was losing weight. So let's say, for example, you was at 12 stone five. Uh, or 12 and a half stone and you was losing weight, losing weight and then you kind of hit 12 and you've kind of just been stuck there. It's a really good time now to think like what's changed since you was losing weight? Because weight loss, yes, scientifically is eating less food and moving more. We know that and we can't, we can't get away from science. Like science is always going to be there. But if you've listened to more than one episode and you've followed us for a while, you'll know, uh, well, I know the person asked the, this question has followed us for a while, but in general, if you're listening to this and you've followed us for a while, you'll know that we go a lot deeper than that. And it's more than just eating less and moving more. And it's now discovering what is impacting those things. So for example, you might have been losing weight and then gone and got a new job or a promotion or something's changed within your professional life. And that's now impacted how much you can move because maybe you're working long an hour, longer hours. Or maybe you used to walk into work but now you get the train. So you used to do about eight, 9,000 steps a day, but now you do 2,000 steps a day. Like, or maybe six months ago when you was losing weight, you wasn't getting gusto boxes because you was just preparing all your meals fresh at home. And then because something changed, whether you got a promotion, more money, you thought, you know what, I'm gonna get someone else to make my food for me. So you went to get gusto boxes or you got busier at work. She was like, right now I'm gonna get some food prep or whatever. And that's now changed. That might now have an impact on how much food's going into your body. So it could be some kind of like routine, structure, lifestyle thing that's changed. Now, really important to mention, that's not what's now stopped you losing weight. So it's not like you get a promotion and weight loss is now impossible. What we're saying here is, has something changed since you was losing weight? Because that might now be impacting how much you eat, how often you eat, or how much you move, how often you move. So have a think, since I last lost weight, has something what might have seemed quite insignificant at the time, but has something quite significant changed, which has meant now I'm unable to kind of keep going. So as I said, step one might have actually provided you with your solution. But for a lot of people, if it hasn't, step two might be actually, yeah, hang on a minute. In December, I got that promotion, didn't I? And that's really changed everything now because I have to get to work an hour earlier. So I have to get the training because I'm not walking when it's dark. Oh, that could be, it could be winter. Like, is winter the impact? Like, have a think, what's changed? And is that what's now stopped? But if it isn't it, this is a step three. Yeah, so step three is what I would say might be happening in this situation mm-hmm. is the way that this question is phrased, it sounds like this person has been bouncing around the same place. Now, there's a really interesting misconception around maintaining. So maintaining is the fact that you are sticking at the same weight. Now, when people think of maintenance... I think a lot of people think that we literally just stay at the same weight. So, for example, let's say at 12 and you're just 12 every single day. Just 12 stone. Just 12 stone every right single day. On. But we know the reality of the situation is even if we stay the same, um, sorry, even if we, when we are maintaining, our weight is still going to fluctuate around that because of things like holding on to water, a poo that you've not had yet, um, 
You might not have burped yet. You might not have burped yet. That's probably not going to hold on to much weight. (laughs) Stress, sleep, all these things can impact our weight, even if we are maintaining. So just to kind of, it's that our our fat, we are not reducing any fat. The fat that we have in our bodies is staying the same and our weight is changing because there's a difference between the two. We say weight, but it is technically the fat um, that isn't changing and our weight is then fluctuating around that which does sound like what's happening here. So I think the positive thing that we need to see is that we are maintaining because we're bouncing around the same number. And it's now just really thinking about, well, what little bits can we tweak now? And step two might help you with this because you might recognise, oh, actually, yeah, that thing's changed. When I was losing, that thing's changed. So maybe I can just add that back in because that might mean actually that increase will increase my movement a little bit more and actually um I was doing that and that meant I was eating a little bit less and it could literally be just two things that mean you're eating slightly more than you were and you're moving slightly less than you were but what happens is you're suddenly back at maintenance because your food's ever so slightly increased and your movement's ever so slightly decreased so it's it's closed that gap and we don't need big changes to open that gap back up because if you can just increase that movement again a little bit more and find some ways to just tweak your food a little bit more then you're going to start seeing that shift again and i always say it's nice to know that you're at maintenance because you know that big changes don't need to happen absolutely and one of the reasons that we massively believe that the person that's asked this question is at maintenance is because it's been since november and Mm -hmm. something that we want to make really really clear is if you're listening to this now, if you're somebody who's listened to this and you're like, oh, that sounds like me, like my weight hasn't really changed for a week either. Yeah. That's not a good time to try and make changes. Ultimately, and I know this is really difficult to hear because we want to be able to start something and just see consistent progress. We all do, like me and Jen do, like we're not a, like, a gay, like what's the word I'm looking for? We're not, this, this this impacts us as well. Like we want progress with everything we do as well. Like we don't want to like have to wait for progress because we're all just humans. We're not robots. However, if we just change things every week, we're probably not going to see consistent progress. Ultimately, when it comes to weight loss, you probably want a good three weeks as an absolute bare minimum, probably four to six weeks really of maintaining to then go, right, I need to tweak something here. And the reason is our bodies don't respond that quickly. When you've started a diet, they do. So week one, they tend to change fast. And the reason that they change fast in week one is because you had more food in your stomach and in your digestive system, your digestive tract, and you also held on to more water weight because you had more food in your body. So things like carbohydrates, every um, pound of carbohydrates holds on to three pounds of water. So like, if you lose a pound of carbohydrates out of your body, you're going to lose three pounds of water as well. That's quite a lot. That's four pounds gone straight away just because you've eaten less this week. None of that's body fat. You you literally haven't changed in body fat. The body fat percentage is exactly the same. You won't look any different. You probably feel a bit different, but you haven't reduced any body fat yet. So in week one of your diet, when you reduce a little bit of food and you know you start to move around a little bit more and all of a sudden there's less food in your body and now there's less water weight and you're like, oh my God, I've lost six pounds. You're like, this is it. This is the diet. This is the one. And then in week two, you're like, hang on a minute, I've not lost any weight. It's simply because in week one, you didn't actually really lose that much body fat. You just mm-hmm. lost maybe like half a pound to a pound. I'm going to say not a lot. That's enough. Like that's not bad or wrong or, you know, like it's not that you should have lost more. It's just that you lost six pounds and only one pound of it was body fat. So when you look at the ratio of that, it's quite small. So what I'm getting at here is when it comes to how long you then wait to make changes, 
if because in week one you lost and then in week two you didn't, you just changed things straight away, that's too quick. Mm-hmm. It's far too fast. Your body is just catching up with you. It's going to take a couple of weeks. So in this, you know, with this message, the reason we've gone through this three-step process is because it's been since November. Even if it had been since maybe beginning of January, that's still five or six weeks. So therefore, we'd have been like, yep, that's more than enough time to say you're bouncing around the same way. As Jen's rightly said, you're probably maintaining, which is great because it means now you just need to make some really tiny tweaks. And they're always tiny. They're never big tweaks. The things you probably won't even notice that much. You know, Do you know what? I'll give you a really nice example of this. Like I've had a client who were actually actively over Christmas focusing on maintenance because she had a lot on. And even into January a little bit because she had a lot of like birthdays and like things that she couldn't avoid, like social events she couldn't avoid. So we were focusing on maintaining around that time because actually weight loss wasn't a realistic goal for her at that point. But that helps us be more consistent in the long term, being really clear about those phases. And she... um we recognised that she'd maintained across that period and we said, right, well, we don't need to make big changes here. So all she did was she added um, an extra 10 to 15 minutes onto one of her walks and she then just was a little bit more precise with her food that she was eating, just kind of taking a little bit more time to think about portion sizes. Naturally, um, her social occasions have gone down, so she's not um, eating as much at the weekend that's all that's happened and she's losing weight it's never massive it never needs no. to be big things it's all in fact the, if you do make big changes what you'll find is that yes you might then lose six pounds in week one but you'll not keep it up in week two mm-hmm. this is where we always promote those small changes it's not because we want weight loss to be slower it's actually because what always happens is you only lose body fat so instead of losing six pounds where five pounds of it is food and water and one pound of it is body fat you lose one pound and pretty much all of it is body fat. Mm. So you just see that consistent loss, which brings us nicely onto the next part because we was going to kind of end it there and be like, that's answered your question. Well, hopefully you can let us know if it hasn't. That's given you a three-step process to go through. That's helped you to see the difference between what's going well and whether it's not, whether that's aligned to weight loss or not. So we're like, right, that should then allow us or allow you to know what to do next. However, you know what we're like, and we didn't want to just leave it there because there's a little bit more that we wanted to chat about. And it's the methods that we use to check progress. Because although this in itself isn't going to be the the big, huge thing that changes everything, it will have an impact on your mood, your mental health. And as we know, your mood and mental health will have a positive impact or a negative impact on food and movement, which of course will have an impact on weight loss. So we know this can have an impact and will have an impact. And one of the things that was said in the question was, um, I weigh myself every week and I weigh weekly and it's a bit deflating when I'm seeing the same numbers. Now, one of the big downfalls of weighing yourself weekly is you could, let's say you weigh yourself every Monday morning. You could weigh yourself on a Monday morning and every single day be losing like a quarter of a pound to half a pound for six days. And after that six days, you could be like a couple of pounds down, two and a half pounds down, something like that. Then Saturday night, you just eat a meal that's got a little bit more salt in it, a little bit more carbohydrates in it, so you hold on to a bit more water. And that two to two and a half pounds is now back on. Now, it's actually back on in the form of water weight. You've not gained any body fat. You've actually lost a couple of pounds of body fat. Lost. Lost. You've lost. You've lost it. You've lost it a couple of pounds of, um, of body fat, and you've gained it um, two pounds of water weight. So your body is now two pounds of body fat lighter. You've held on to a bit of water because you've just had a meal that's higher in salt and carbohydrates. And you jump on the scales on Monday morning again, and you're like, hang on a minute. I, was, I thought I'd, I'd done really well all this week. I was smashing it. And I'm the same way, nothing's changed. That then goes back to the idea Jen was speaking about before that you then go, right, well then sod it. I'm, 
self-sabotaging because what's the point? Because I've done really well all week and I've not lost weight. You have, but you was weighing weekly, so you didn't know. This is why we promote weighing daily. And there's two ways you can do it. You can either weigh every single day of the week, wake up in the morning, go to the toilet, jump on the scales, note down what you weigh, move on with the rest of the day like nothing's happened. That can really help you from a mental perspective because it allows you to move away from that deflated feeling. Because, mm. well, one, we take pressure off ourselves actually losing weight in the week because we're like, well, I'm weighing every day. So I can't, there's not much I can do in 24 hours. So we remove that pressure from ourselves that we need to do loads. And we will have all done this where we get to Saturday or Sunday night, the day before we're weighing. And I'm like, right, I'm just going to restrict, restrict, restrict so I can be really light tomorrow. And then obviously the day after we weigh ourselves and then we just go on an absolute rampage eating loads of food because we've lost a pound and we've weighed ourselves now. So we, um, you know, we can go and do what we want after that and then we just repeat that cycle. But the other reason it really helps is because we just start to see it as data. Like we jump on the scales and go, oh, yeah, half a pound lighter. Oh, I'm half a pound more. Oh, I'm the same. Oh, I'm half a pound lighter. Like you start detaching any emotion because there's just so much data you just know, I'm not really bothered anymore. Like it goes up and down and that's just what happens. And then four weeks in, you look at your... Um, the data you've been collecting, you're like, oh, hang on a minute, I have been losing. Like, I've been losing and gaining, but I'm actually losing here. I'm like two, three pounds down. Or, as would be in this case, I'm not, I'm maintaining. But it shows you that you're technically losing and gaining, which means that you've got real solid da data and evidence to say, yeah, I am actually maintaining here. And as Jen said, I just then need to make some little tweaks. So that's one change we could make. And actually I said there's two ways of doing it and I didn't tell you the second way. So the first way is to weigh every day. The second way is to weigh three days in a row. So you would do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and just take the average. And then next week you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, take the average, do the same three days every single week. And that's a great way again of just not having to weigh every day, but still gaining more data so that you mm. can then actually fully understand what's going on. And it's not easy when you first start doing that. Like it does, it does take like a good month, sometimes more, to just get your head around that idea that it's normal for it to go up and down because that first time it goes up it's really triggering because up is bad mm -hmm. and down is good and what we essentially want to do is remove that feeling don't we because we don't want to start thinking like that up is bad and, and down is good we just want to just be like all right okay this is just a bit of data i'm collecting so i can see what it looks like over the week um and over the next month and i think when you're like phil said when you're not making changes for like a month six weeks and you just then you've got all of that data like then you can think about do i need to change anything but like data is really important tracking on a graph is so helpful um like i from having clients do this myself included like i'm trying to lose weight at the moment i need to weigh daily to see that trend because i've got ibs and my weight is all over the shop like if if i i can literally fluctuate probably like four pounds minimum in a day just because i've eaten something that's bloated me or i'm bloated because i've not been to the toilet like it's massive for me so i know that weekly weighting is absolutely detrimental to me because I, I, I'm not seeing the full picture I've had I remember one client specifically who like literally I remember her a graph just peaks and troughs peaks and troughs she would literally on a day-to-day -day basis fluctuate by like four kilograms which is what about eight pounds I'm, sh I'm sure once she put on four kilograms like overnight I think that's ten pounds is it is it four, is one two point five? Maybe it wasn't four kilograms. That seems slightly excessive. It depends. Though, like, it was a lot though. You could blow and then have a high carb, high salt meal and potentially just move a little bit less that day and then yeah. It was... Yeah, it was a lot. But what we recognised over time 
is that actually she was just really susceptible to bloating and that like it was normal for her but because she could see that she could see that actually despite all those big peaks and troughs that graph was going downwards and I think that can really really help us like Phil said to move away from that deflated feeling and it does like it, it does take a bit of time to get into the swing of it but over time you will detach from the scales because you'll start to see like the power of fluctuations and what's normal for you the second thing to be doing alongside that that can really really help is actually just taking some pictures because sometimes our scale weight isn't changing at all but our body might be changing and I notice this all the time don't I like the amount of times I've been like well, I can clearly see that my body is changing quite significantly, but the scales aren't moving mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> and I think it's really important to to have multiple ways of, of seeing what's going on and, and just tracking that as well. 100%, like Jan said, you can notice one and not the other. And similar to photos, like like sometimes your clothes are just starting to fit a bit better. Yeah. And you're like, hang on a minute, the scales aren't moving, but these feel better. I need to do something different. It's like, well, no, things are changing. Like, it, this is why it's so challenging because, you know, we can go to the other extreme and just have too many methods of progress and you're weighing yourself every single day. You're taking photos every single week. You're measuring yourself with a tape measure. You're using uh, body fat calibers, calipers to check your body fat percentage. You're jumping on the scales in the gym because they send you a different percentage. You've got all these different things going on and you're like, as humans, you just find the one that isn't going in the direction you want it to go in and focus on that one. So you're like, my clothes are fit, fitting better. Uh, my body's looking smaller on the photos. Uh, body fat calipers coming down. But my scale weight hasn't changed much. So this isn't good enough. I need to change everything. So hang on a minute. Everything's changing. Chill out. Like This is why we take more than one. So we yeah. can see what's going on. We get a bigger picture. Something you just said though is really interesting as well. So I've seen this loads. When people start weighing daily because it's programmed into us from like weighing clubs of whatever kind you've been to. Uh, it's programmed that up is bad. A lot of people think they need to then change something and when you first start weighing daily and you see that up you're like oh my gosh i've got to change something today mm-hmm. and it's just going actually no you don't mm-hmm. <laughs> just keep doing what you're doing because then it's consistent and we can see whether that's working and i think it's really challenging like to to let go of that mindset and it's not your fault because it's been programmed into you that up is bad and you need to change something and you don't you, yeah, and something that I don't know if you said it, I can't remember. A really great way to move out the move away from that is to stop celebrating it going down. Did mm. you mention that? Yeah. So, oh, you did. I said we just want to be a bit more neutral about it. Yeah, and I think that's the way to do it because I think when you when you just try to not be bothered about it going up, I find it doesn't always work that well because you are still bothered and the reason you're still bothered is because you're really excited when it goes down Mm. and as we know if something as soon as we create a positive there has to be a negative there has to be an opposite or equal there has to be because of science like that's just how it works so it's like if you celebrate that you've lost a pound you're going to be deflated that you've gained a pound so the second you stop celebrating is the second you stop being deflated so as jen said i didn't realize she'd said it but as jen said like be more neutral about it by think, not celebrating. I think you can, it's, it's kind of reframing, it's just going, oh, it went down. Trying to be a bit more like factual about it. Yeah. Rather than being like, oh yeah, I've lost a pound, like yes, I'm like, yeah. It's without, just, without overanalyzing it though. Yeah. So like, yeah, I gained a pound. Like, cause I hear sometimes like, I gained a pound, I wonder what that could be, what did I change? Probably nothing, it's mm-hmm. been a day. You've literally probably done now. You've just, your body's gone. 
fancy holding on to a pound today. Because that's what our bodies do. Our bodies are mad, aren't they? Like, yeah. They do sometimes just go, fancy holding on to a pound. And it's like your body's going, yeah, I can see she's in a deficit. Well, she's been in a deficit for a full week. Can't bother losing weight yet, though. I might lose <laughs> it next week. And then you carry on for a week and your body goes, yeah, fair enough. Then go on. You're three pounds down. And it's just like, it's almost like it's just, it's like your body just can't bother. Do you know what? I noticed that with me. And again, this is because I've tracked all the time. Like, I've not tried to lose weight in a really long time, so it's been a while. But I noticed that what I do is I'll just stick around the same bit for ages and then I'll suddenly drop. Having changed nothing. Having changed nothing, yeah. But I know that that's just a bit of a pattern with me. Like, Mm. that just seems to be what happens with my body. But I know that because I know what my trends are. I was going to say, Jen knows her body and this is where a lot of comparison can come in because Jen could quite easily look at somebody else's scale graph who's losing yeah. a pound a week oh, every gosh, week. I look, at, I look a lot every day. Yeah. <laughs> but what I'm saying is Jen could look at it and be like, how do I do that? What's she doing different? Probably nothing. That person who's losing a pound every week, probably doing nothing different. It's just that that person's body reacts differently. You don't need to do anything different. If you're losing, let's say you're losing, I don't know, it doesn't even matter the numbers, but just to put some context with it, let's say you're losing two, three pounds a month. But, and it's just coming off in one of the weeks and someone else is losing a pound a week, it doesn't really matter. It's just your body's different. Mm. We're all just individual. Like, I actually am one of those people who will tend to lose on a weekly basis. I'm not trying harder than anybody else. I'm literally not. It's not that I'm better or more disciplined or trying harder or anything like that. It's just that that's just what my body does. Jen just tends to lose it all in one mm. go. I just tend to lose a little bit less, but on a weekly basis. And we don't need to change anything. Yeah. We just need to keep going, really, don't we? Yeah. So hopefully it... that... Oh, sorry, go on. No, it's fine. I'm all going to say anything else. Oh, wonderful. I was going to say so hopefully that answers your question. Yeah. Uh, but if it doesn't drop us another message... And we'll do another podcast episode on it. Anybody else got any questions, please uh, yeah, feel really free enjoyed that. to drop um, one of us a message. Just send us a DM with your question and we will answer it. Oh, just it. your general struggle. It doesn't have to be a question as such. No, it doesn't, yeah. Because that wasn't a question. Uh, it's very true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just send, whatever you send us, we're just going to start turning them into podcasts. Yeah, fun one, isn't it? Uh, we'll not mention your name, don't worry. Anyway, this week I'm putting you on the spot, John. On the spot, on the spot, on the spot. If you could ban one... Oh, what's happened? My screensaver's come on. That's worrying. Does it stop like recording everything? Oh, no. We'll find out. If, if, you're, still, if you're still hearing us, Hello. that's a good thing. <laughs> We're still oh, going. We're yes. good. Told you it was professional. So, if you could ban one like catchphrase or cliche... So, I, I put some examples in there, so you know what I mean. So, like, think outside the box. Got Live, laugh, love. The word. Better safe than sorry. Live, laugh, love. That's what you'd ban? Yeah. Is that a catchphrase or a cliche? Does anyone really say that, though? Yes. I know that's painted on walls, but like, do people Someone say Someone wrote it on my Hindu on the form three times. Yeah, but does anybody <laughs> say that, though? Like, people don't... I'm saying, like, catch, Like, no one says that, surely. Oh, I don't know. I apologise if you've got it on your wall. I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I can't abide it. Right, Okay. I just phrases. feel like no one okay. actually says live, laugh, love. I'll go for a phrase They're then. written up the stairs, but no one actually says it. A phrase. Yeah, like... A phrase. A, that's what I'm thinking. Like, something that you, you would say. Like, what? Which one would you ban if you could get rid of it? I mean, I'm, I'm on board with the live, laugh, love thing, by the way. Like, I also would get rid of it, but... And we like triples. Body, brain, belief. Yeah. Um, I can't think of any because I tend to, like, mash them all up, don't I? Oh, that's a very good point. I never thought that when I asked the question, yeah. Oh, no, it's not really the same thing, is it? Um, yeah. Give I me some examples again, because I was too busy thinking about lift, laugh, love. Uh, think outside the box. Um, got up on the wrong side of the bed. 
better safe than sorry. Just that kind of very cliche, like, everybody knows it, everybody says it. Because I know you don't like them in general. I hate them. So I was just wondering which one was your least favourite that you'd ban if you could get rid of it. I'm also, by the way, I'm interested in everybody else's because I know this is a very, like, office culture thing. Like, especially in emails or in, like, um, in meetings, people will say things and I know it infuriates a lot of people. Obviously, we I know we work in an office, but... You don't other. like thanks in advance, do you? Thanks in advance? Yeah. I don't mind that one. I tried to write that down the other week and you told me I'd get rid of it. Where did you try and write it? On the Facebook group. Thanks in advance? Yeah. I feel like it can be a little bit arrogant. <laughs> I'm just saying thanks. It depends where it's written. I'm not, I don't hate it. It depends where it's written. I can't think of any. I need a list and then I'll tell you. Do you know what it is? You'll just tell me throughout the day today. Some, you'll I'll be honest, something. I believe it, but I really don't like everything happens for a reason. Do you not? Like, I, be- I, believe, I do believe that there's a reason things happen. I'm on board uh, with the phrase. I'm not like, it's not like I don't like it. I just don't really like it when people are like, hey, well, everything happens for a reason. I get what you mean when it's just kind of like completely getting rid of any kind of purpose. I think it's because normally people say it when you're, when you're struggling with something. Yeah, like if something's really hard, they're like, oh, everything happens for a reason. It's like, no, like, just help me. Like, I actually need some help with what's going on. I don't want you to just tell me that this is fine. And although, I think it's 50-50 because I'm like, yeah, this challenge is happening right now for a reason. There's a, there's a good positive coming out of this challenge yeah. that I can take from this situation. But I also need some help, so stop telling me it's just happening for a reason. Like, literally give me some kind of support here. So yeah. I get what you mean. I do, I do fully believe it, though. I'm not saying that, like, I don't believe that things happen for a reason, because I do, like, I really do. But I just don't think I like the phrase. Yeah, I don't think it's very helpful. Is <laughs> what I don't think it is. I think it's good to know. Like, we've had some challenges, haven't we? And I think, yeah. like, when they happen... Like as individuals and just in life in general, like obviously, we're, like I said, we're humans, like we have challenges. And when they happen, it is difficult when you're in that chaotic period of time where the challenge is happening mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I don't want this challenge to be here. And like when we lost our house two days before it was due to complete, that was difficult to understand why. But well, no. I'm free, we didn't like lose it. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Where's it gone? Phil, it was here. Lost it. It's gone. Disappeared. <laughs> No, uh, but now we're in this house, which is the house we ended up getting after that one. But you know what? That's actually a good point because when this then happened, people were like, well, everything happens for a reason. They put this really like nice, dancey, bouncy spin on it. And it's like, no, it was really struggling. It was really Really difficult. like that house. <laughs> yeah. Like, it wasn't just like, we couldn't just be... I feel like you don't believe it. in that phrase until the thing happens that shows you why that happened. So exactly, like, for example, yeah. when we got in this house... And we had, like, money to spend on furniture and stuff and we had maxed out our budget and, like, we were able to do it all up and, like, um, we realised that it was a way better situation. At that point, we were like, I see why that happened now. But I feel like you don't believe that phrase mm-hmm. until, like, the thing that... But the better thing happens. then I'm also, like, very, like... I'm not just a black and white thinker, but, like, when people say, oh, it happens for a reason, I'm like, yeah, because they're illegally built. <laughs> extension it was nothing to do with like our financial position it was nothing to do with the fact that we could buy you couldn't furniture. provide proof that that was legal they'd, they'd illegally built an extension and they were complete they were saying that the attic was a third bedroom when it wasn't actually 
regulation yeah, so bedroom. Had... So like, it was nothing to do with everything happening mm. for a reason. It was because they broke the law. Like that was not what they <laughs> So like when people said, oh, everything happens for a reason, look at the house you're in now. I'm like, yeah, nah, that's not what happened. Like they broke the law, it was nothing to do with us. Like it's literally nothing to do with everything happening for a reason. We could have just gone and got a different house. But I still see what people mean. I think there's another one. Go on. I can't think of it. Oh, I, think, right. I think there's a better one than that. I feel like I might, I might need to feedback on this next week. If anybody's got any questions or anything that they want out with, please send them through. But also, we're really interested. What's your least or your most hated phrase or your least favourite phrase? What do you hate? And if we've, I know there's going to be someone who like works in an office. Like I know there's some that are like, oh, we'll circle back to this. I know people hate yeah, that one. Hate that one. That's awful. Um, what's the other ones that are like proper office culture statements? This isn't one at all. But I remember a school that I worked in, the head teacher used to refer to the, the kids as... Um, Did you say customers or clients? Customers. Yeah, that baffles me. That customers. Out. I hated it. I find that weird. Make sure the customers are happy. And it was like, our books are our shop window. I was like, we're not a business. Oh, oh, it was I, very businessy. I used to hate that when people used to say to me when I was a PT, again, this is not a cliche thing. Well, it is very cliche, but people used to say to me like... I needed to be in better shape because I was a walking business card. Oh, oh no. It made me feel a little bit queasy. It That's made me feel awful. queasy saying it. Well, what I want you to do... Me? ...is share this to your story and then... I will. ...underneath it, put what your one is that you don't like. Yeah, your most hated cliche statement yeah. slash catchphrase. Yeah. Oh, I used to love catchphrase. Because then we can just share them to our story then. Yeah, we can. Because right. then everyone can see the phrases that people yeah. don't like, and I'll I'll probably by that point be like, yeah, that's it. that's the one I don't like as well. Jen's gonna hate them all. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Have yourself an incredible week, and we'll chat to you all soon. Bye bye.